For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Melchizedek Priesthood. This is part two of the series. So one of the duties and the responsibilities of a Melchizedek priest in the government of the Heavenly Father within his kingdom is you are to teach the people in the kingdom the ways of the Heavenly Father, which is his Torah. So everyone in his kingdom is to be taught the Torah and they're to live the Torah. And then if there's anyone that departs from the Heavenly Father, father's rules of the house depart from the Torah, then a faithful Melchizedek priest, a faithful son, his job is then to, if the situation calls for it, to lay down his life to bring restoration and reconciliation of the family on behalf of the Heavenly Father. And so Yeshua testified to the Jews in John chapter 10, verses 11 and verse 14 that he is the good shepherd over the sheep of the nation of Israel or the house of Jacob. Yeshua said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And then Yeshua states in John chapter 10 verse 15, As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Then Yeshua goes on to explain that there's no greater love than for one to lay down his life for the benefit of somebody else. So the highest way that you follow the Torah is love. Love is the highest form of following the Torah. And the highest form of love is to give up your life for the benefit of somebody else and to restore them and bring them back under the Father's rule and reign and authority. So that's why Yeshua said in John chapter 15 verse 13, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life 
life for his friends. So when Yeshua died on the tree at his first coming, that one of the reasons for him doing this was he was redeeming the firstborn within the kingdom of his father who had departed from his father. And who is this firstborn people or firstborn nation that departed from the ways of the heavenly father? It was the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom was led by the tribe of Ephraim, which is a part of Joseph. And Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, was given the blessing of the firstborn by Jacob in Genesis in chapter 48. But in the history of the nation of Israel, after the days of King David and Solomon, the kingdom got split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And the first king of the northern kingdom, Jeroboam, was from the tribe of Ephraim. So the northern kingdom was a firstborn nation. And rather than faithfully being teachers of the Torah and if needed and possible to lay down your life given that the firstborn was given the double portion the double blessing so they would have the means to bring back someone within the family who had departed from the family that the firstborn nation themselves they departed from the Torah and the ways of the God of Israel by and the scriptures tells us that beginning with the first king of the northern kingdom, Jeroboam, they set up a golden calf system of worship. And instead of going to Jerusalem and to worship the Lord at Jerusalem, as the Torah states, they set up alternative places of worship, one being in the north of Israel in Dan and the other in Bethel. And from this, the northern kingdom was judged and they were cut off from the covenant as outlined in Hosea in chapter 1 and was prophesied through the children that were born from the marriage between Gomer and Hosea. And the name of the first child was Jezreel, Hosea chapter 1 verse 4, which means God will sow or God will scatter. The northern kingdom was to be scattered into the nations of the world. And in doing so, they were going to be cut off from the covenant. And in being cut off from the covenant, they were not going to be shown mercy for their sin. And that's why the second child was named Lo-Ruhama, no mercy. And they were to be regarded as not being the people of the God of Israel anymore. That's why the third child was named Lo-Ami, which means not my people, in Hosea chapter 1 and verse 9. But after receiving a judgment that then the God of Israel was going to show them mercy. And this mercy was going to come through the redemptive work of the Messiah, wherein it's prophesied in Hosea chapter 1 verse 10 that a people that are called not a people in their judgment, that they are going to be called sons of the living God through the redemptive work of the Messiah. And the redemptive work of the Messiah, in order to redeem the firstborn who had departed and also provide salvation for the entire world, he had to perform a primary duty of a Melchizedek priest, which is if someone from the family or someone of his father's kingdom departs from the family, he must be willing to lay down his life in order to bring forth that redemption. And this is what Yeshua is explaining to the Jews in John chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. So he says to the Pharisees, other sheep I 
have, not of this fold. So Yeshua in John chapter 10 is addressing a question that the Pharisees asked him at the end of John chapter 9, where they said to Yeshua, are we blind? So Yeshua is speaking to Pharisees who are Jews, and he says, I have another sheepfold that's not you. So Yeshua called the Pharisees who he was speaking to a part of his sheepfold, but he says, I have another sheepfold that's not you. So what sheepfold was Yeshua addressing when he's speaking to the Pharisees? He's speaking to the southern kingdom of the house of Judah. Who's the other sheepfold then that he would have? It would be the northern kingdom of Ephraim or the ten tribes. And then he explains to the Pharisees that them also I must bring. That is the northern kingdom. Why must he bring them? Because in the constitution or the Torah of the Heavenly Father within his kingdom, the firstborn is to be redeemed. And so the firstborn of the family of the Heavenly Father, the northern kingdom, that they've departed from his Torah through the first king, Jeroboam, and the succeeding kings of the northern kingdom, because it's said in mostly every succeeding king after Jeroboam of the northern kingdom that they followed after the sins of Jeroboam and they did not repent from his sins. And so they were cut off. And so this is why Yeshua tells the Pharisees, them, that is the northern kingdom, I must bring, I must redeem the firstborn and they will hear my voice. In other words, they will believe that I am the Messiah. And ultimately in the fullness of the redemptive work of the Messiah, that the family will be restored, reconciled and unified again. And Yeshua explains this to the Pharisees with the words, there will be one fold, in other words, the two sheepfolds, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, from the two sheepfolds that were separated after the days of David and Solomon, that there will be one fold, and when there's one fold, when they are united, restored, and reconciled with each other, there will be one shepherd over them. That one shepherd is Yeshua. He just stated to the Pharisees in John chapter 10, verse 11 and verse 14, that he is the good shepherd. And then Yeshua explains because he's going to redeem the firstborn, because there's going to be a redemption and reconciliation of the family of the heavenly father, that is the house of Jacob, the nation of Israel, that in order for there to be a reconciliation and reunification of the house of Jacob after they were split in the northern kingdom and southern kingdom, that Yeshua is going to have to lay down his life in order for there to ultimately be a united nation of Israel. So Yeshua says in John chapter 10 verse 17, therefore, because there's going to be one fold and one shepherd over united northern kingdom and southern kingdom, therefore, does my father love me because I laid down my life. So Yeshua is stating that one of the reasons why he is dying on the tree is to take two nations who were split and divided within the family of the Heavenly Father and to make them one people and they were divided, they were exiled because they were unfaithful to the constitution of the kingdom of God, the Torah of the kingdom of God. And so, therefore, they sinned, and the Heavenly Father desires that the sins of his people be forgiven.
forgiven, that they would repent, and there would be restoration and reconciliation. And so this task is going to come about through one who was faithful in the government of the Heavenly Father, which is the Melchizedek priesthood, and the only one that proves himself faithful to the task is Yeshua the Messiah. That's why in being faithful over the domain and the people of the Heavenly Father, that Yeshua, in his faithfulness, he's going to receive an inheritance of his Father, and he's going to be an heir of all things of his Father. He is going to forever rule and reign over his Father's kingdom. In Hebrews, in chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it is written, God, who at sundry times and diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So the Father speaks through his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 4, being made so much better than the angels as he, that is Yeshua, by inheritance or being faithful in his Melchizedek priesthood role and task and duties, he has obtained a more excellent name than the angelic class in the heavenlies that are a part of the kingdom of the heavenly father. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. One who has the position of firstborn high priest and king that is being a part of the heavenly father's government within the Melchizedek priesthood and thus is in a position to rule and reign in the father's kingdom. He must be, if the situation calls for it, a redeemer of his father's people when they depart from the Torah. And he must be faithful in this task. And in being faithful to this task, he's going to be called a faithful son. One who has the position of firstborn high priest and king, that is the government position of the heavenly father or the Melchizedek priesthood, who is able to rule and reign in the kingdom of the heavenly father, must be faithful to be a redeemer and that faithfulness when the situation calls for it will require you to lay down your life to redeem someone within the kingdom or the family that is departed from the ways of the family which is the Torah and then by being faithful in this Melchizedek priestly governmental role and be willing to lay down your life for others that qualifies you through faithfulness to rule and reign in the kingdom of the heavenly father and to be a part of his government and to be an heir to rule and reign in the father's kingdom. And so in the book of Genesis, we have in Genesis in chapter five, we are given genealogical information from Adam to Noah. And oftentimes when people are reading their Bibles, they would want to skip over the genealogies because they might view the genealogies as not being so important or relevant to them as they're trying to read and understand the Bible. And so why is this genealogical information here for us in the book of Genesis, in Genesis in chapter 5? Because the God of Israel is explaining to us his governmental structure, his governmental order, and what happened among the 
those who were in the position in his kingdom and his government to rule and reign with the heavenly father. And so we're told in John chapter 1 verse 3 and verse 10 that Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. Paul also explains this in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16. So it was the will of the heavenly father for there to be in earth, but the one who created the earth with the words, let there be light, was Yeshua. And so the heavenly father put Yeshua in the position of being a steward, a Melchizedek priest, over his creation and over the earth. And then in creating the heavens and the earth, then there was a man that was created and put in the earth. And the man who was created and put in authority over the creation of the kingdom of God was Adam. And so Adam was under the authority of Yeshua, who's under the authority of the Heavenly Father. And so Adam is given a place of stewardship in the earth, and he was called to oversee and rule and reign and bring forth and to establish and to teach God's kingdom on the earth. And so Adam was given the place and the authority of being a Melchizedek priest. And so because Adam sinned in the garden, ultimately as a punishment for his disobedience, he was exiled out of the garden, but then he also died physically as well. And so then who then is going to be the steward in his place on the earth in the kingdom of God on the earth? Well, it's going to be the oldest faithful firstborn from Adam who's going to take over that position. And so how do we understand how things went from Adam? That's the purpose of the genealogies. And when we look at the genealogies in Genesis in chapter 5, we see from Adam to Noah, there were 10 generations. And then from Noah, one of his sons was Shem, Genesis chapter 5, verse 32. And then from Shem to Abraham, the line there is outlined for us in Genesis in chapter 11. And so from Noah to Abraham, there are also 10 generations. And after Abraham, he had Isaac and then Jacob. So therefore, from Adam to Jacob, there are 22 generations. Interesting that there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so next, I have for you a chart of the genealogical line from Adam to Noah, and then from Noah to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and this chart includes Joseph as well. And this chart is useful by looking at it because it's going to allow us to see and understand 
Who then was the steward of the kingdom of God on earth after Adam? Who was the oldest faithful firstborn from Adam? And that would be Seth. And so Seth was the second steward overseer, Melchizedek priest in the earthly kingdom of God. When Seth died, who was the third? It was Enos. Who was the fourth? Canaan. And who was the fifth? Hallelujah. And who was the sixth? Jared. And who was the seventh? Methuselah. And who was the eighth? Noah. Who was the ninth? Shem. And who was the tenth? Eber. And who was the eleventh? Isaac. And then who was in position to be the twelfth? Well, Esau was in position to be the twelfth overseer, steward of the kingdom of God on earth or be God's Melchizedek priest on the earth. But the Bible gives us a detailed account where Esau didn't value his place and his position and his authority, but his twin brother Jacob did. And so Esau, not being focused on spiritual things, he was concerned with material things more that Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. And so Jacob becomes the 12th Melchizedek priest on the earth from Adam. And the number 12 in the Bible is the number that represents the government of God. There were 12 tribes of Israel. There were 12 original disciples of Yeshua. And so then let's look in greater detail. What does it mean to be a Melchizedek priest? Well, Melchizedek consists of two Hebrew words, Melech, which means king, and Zedek, which means righteousness. And so this meant the office of being the king of righteousness. In Hebrews chapter 7 and verses 1 and 2, it is written, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, which is the old name for Jerusalem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham. This is talking about Genesis in chapter 14, returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, that is Melchizedek, Melech Zedek, king of righteousness, and he was also the king of Salem. And this is a play on the Hebrew. From Salem, we have the Hebrew word shalom, which means the peace. He's the king of peace. This is a reference back to Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, king of Jerusalem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So literally on the earth, who was this Melchizedek priest? that Abraham gave tithes to in Genesis in chapter 14. Well, it was Shem, but Shem was Earth's representative of the kingdom of God on behalf of Yeshua, who's the father's steward over the earth. And so Shem was the earthly Melchizedek priest in the kingdom of God on earth, and he was the representative on earth for the overall kingdom of God, and his place in his position, once again, in authority, was underneath Yeshua on behalf of the Heavenly Father. In Genesis, in chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, we see that Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. So, in giving the tithes 
Levites and Melchizedek, Abraham was really given his ties to the God of Israel. But the agent on earth through which he was going to give ties to the God of Israel is his Melchizedek priest on the earth, which in Genesis chapter 14, it was Shem. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him ties of all. Now, in the order from the creation of the world beginning with Adam, as we saw in our list from the chart. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, the Melchizedek Priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.